Welcome everyone. I'm Dr. Christine Schaffner and today I'm speaking with Dr. Greg Echo. We're going to be talking about his new book, Shake It Off, A Fancy Approach to Parkinson's Disease. Dr. Greg Echo lives in Portland, Oregon, where he co-founded his clinic, Nature Cures Clinic, in 2001. He has developed a deep and personal knowledge of chronic neurological conditions in the recent past. His wife, Soraya, passed of Creutzfeldt-Jacob disease, a condition with no known cure. As she was the love of his life, being a good husband and doctor, he set to the research to swing for the fence. While unfortunately not finding a remedy for Soraya, he uncovered Soraya's gifts. The deep dive uncovered regenerative medicine and the development of a brain regenerative program, the development of a nasal spray specific to calm neuroinflammation in the brain, procedures such as an intranasal stem cell delivery to bypass the blood-brain barrier, mind-body techniques to reverse anxiety and post-traumatic stress disorder. The list goes on and so does the impact of Soraya's all-too-short life on the planet. I really hope you enjoy this heartfelt conversation. Dr. Echo is a wonderful practitioner and he has so much knowledge to share with his upcoming book. So please enjoy the podcast. Welcome, Dr. Echo. I'm really excited to interview you on my podcast today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I know our paths have crossed, you know, in passing, I know we show up at the same conferences and you've been really, you know, in tune with Dr. Klinghart's work and given us resources. And it's just a real joy to be able to interview you today. And you have a wonderful new book called Shake It Off, A Fancy Approach to Parkinson's Disease. And we're going to be talking a lot about that and, you know, what inspired you to write this book and some of the content so people can learn more. But, you know, you have a personal story that really you know, um, allowed you to go deeper into this topic. And so if you want to just share what inspired you to write this book and how this journey began for you. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's, um, you know, my personal tragedy uh, with my wife had developed a very rare neurologic condition called Kurtzfeld-Jacob disease uh, two and a half years ago. And um, her name was Soraya. And I, um, you know, Kurtzville Jacob disease is not Parkinson's. So I often get asked, well, why did you bridge this gap? And we'll, we'll talk about that today. But, you know, I was faced, you know, here, my partner, love of my life has this uncurable neurodegenerative condition, which is just, um, you know, with no known cure. Uh, and, uh, and like so many other neurodegenerative conditions and, you know, being loving husband and naturopathic physician, I figured, you know, I got everything to lose here. So I better swing for the fence and go looking for some solutions. And while unfortunately I didn't find, um, a big change for Soraya and the outcome, she did pass. Um, I've got what I, a whole trail of what I call Soraya's gifts. And, um, it's really, um, inspired me, to um, to share, get this word out, and you know, really provide some inspiration and hope and solutions for folks uh, with chronic neurodegeneration, and in particular with Parkinson's. Um, but the the process, you know, it really. I'd been in practice for 16 years and, you know, you, you go through the journey with patients, but when it hits home, especially your loved one and partner, um, you know, it's just a little, it's definitely, it's different. Right. Um, and, 
you know, so I know firsthand what it is uh, like, you know, going through that health journey with a loved one and, um, you know, a bit because she did pass, you know, I've become a bit of an ambassador of grief. Uh, you know, I've discovered we don't do grief very well in our culture and um, I'm, you know, I'm pretty, uh, not comfortable. I wouldn't say I'm comfortable, uh, with it, but I would say, you know, I'm able to, uh, go through it and openly and, um, and share. And so, you know, when you're like that in the world, it kind of allows others to, um, open to their grief and you discover, wow, we really don't deal with that at all as a culture. Um, so the the whole process, you know, like I was sharing before we got on the air, you know, has really opened me up as a practitioner, as a heart-centered being on the planet. Um, and my, what a journey, you know, really living into the mystery that we call life and uh, is almost in an odd way reinstated my faith of, you know, we're all just uh, – we're all one just pretending to be separate in this reality that we call life. And, you know, I treasure every moment that I've got on the planet and beauty and joy and, you know, really want to encourage people to live more into their hearts and, and share their love with each other, because that's, that is the, basically the more beautiful world that I would love to, to live in and be in. And so, you know, I, I'm taking my, personal tragedy and uh, hopefully sharing a big message that a lot of people can hear. And then specifically in this neurodegenerative state and Parkinson's in particular, what I discovered about Critzfield-Jacob disease is it's a prionic uh, activity uh, condition. It's misfolded proteins in the brain. And, you know, a lot of people don't talk about these unless you're in certain scientific circles or certain medical circles. But, you know, we don't have a great test for prions in clinical um, uh, clinical practice as of yet in the United States. Uh, but these things are everywhere. And this is, you know, if folks don't know what Kurtzfeld-Jacob disease is, it's mad cow syndrome in people. And, you know, um, it's scrappy in goats, it's chronic wasting condition in deer. So all of the different um, animal species, we all have these uh, misfolded proteins that get into the central nervous system. And, you know, the technical term is muck up um, the uh, central nervous system and create holes in the brain. And, uh, you know, they're, they're very interesting uh, entity, right? Stanley Prusiner in 1987 got the Nobel Prize for the discovery of prions, which again are just misfolded proteins. Um, but, you know, he was really p well positioned as really one of the only people on the planet that could have made this discovery. I mean, he was a bench chemist, uh, bench scientist, right? And working in the lab with viruses and bacterium. And he put his professional career on the line and basically two decades was ridiculed by saying, I'm seeing something in this microscope that is not viral. It's not a retrovirus, it's not a virus, it's not bacterium. I've never seen anything like it before. And then finally they, you know, really put the puzzle together and said, you know, this is a whole new quote unquote new um, entity for us. Now, you know, which are misfolded proteins and the issue with prions is that they're really hard to get rid of and destroy. And when you get in, as I did on the research, 
you you start seeing they're calling them infectious prionic activity and infectious prions as if you could sneeze on somebody and catch them like a virus. And I, I particularly don't care for that wording about prions um, because I, I think they're an archaic protein structure on the planet, honestly. And um, so, but they are very tough to have them to stop replicating or having other proteins um, get activated and misfold and misbehave, so to speak. Um, so, you know, living with it, I'm, I kind of went real scientific and kind of academic on that discussion on, on talking, you know, it's easy for me to kind of get out of my personal story of like, well, how in the world did I get into this? But, um, you know, it is, it is something that I'm excited to talk with you about and your listeners to, you know, because it is uh, an up and coming discussion and we need to kind of tune into them. It might be a reason why we're not seeing any major breakthroughs in chronic neurodegeneration in general. Um, and I got into the prion discussion because I made this leap from Kritzville Jacob into other neurodegenerative states because, you know, when you get the textbook, and read it, you know, bookend to bookend, as I did. Um, I got the second edition of prionic conditions, and you realize, oh, all of these other proteins, you know, alpha synuclein for Parkinson's and Dow proteins, and you know, neurofibrillary tangles and dementia, and Alzheimer's, and Lewy body, uh, Lewy bodies, and you know, and dementias. These are all listed in this prionic uh, textbook, and. You know, it's kind of like the light bulbs going off for me of like, wait a minute, maybe we're just looking at the wrong things for folks, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. No, no, and not to cut you off, I just want to, you know, actually, you know, just absolutely, you know, honor you sharing this story and, you know, Soraya's journey and, you know, just, I just am just, um, you know, awe of your ability to just really, you know, transform this experience to help others and just to really, you know, connect with others. Because as you and I both see patients and we both, I know, see a lot of neurological diseases and, you know, just, well, perfectly be honest, right, the patients who come in with um, Parkinson's and ALS and, you know, these dementias, um, they're very hard to treat. And I, I think it's a really... Um, you know, really important conversation to, if they're hard to treat, we're probably missing, you know, the root cause of what's happening. And so I, I'm really happy that you're bringing this discussion, not only through your book, but through this podcast and to really educate people on, you know, what we're talking about. And, and one of the things I want to cover, of course, is that, you know, this can sound really scary and how you said like this infectious nature, and we've all been, you know, alarmed on the, you know, um, on the news hearing about mad cow disease and, you know, all these things. And so maybe to break this down, the types of ways that we get exposed to prions? And then is it, you know, um, you know, the prion, uh, you know, prion specifically, or does there have, uh, does it have to do to also the individual's immune system when they are exposed to prions, you know, that interaction as well. So yeah, yeah. I'm going to comment on all that. <laughs> totally, totally. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, thank you. Uh, first off, you know, it is, um, you know, at, at some point through that whole process, I, you know, I basically, to make it through, I just had to surrender to life. So, you know, that, that aspect, if, if your listeners are faced with chronic illness and or some quote unquote uncurable condition, you know, there is, um, 
you know, my understanding of it is, you know, we're presented with these things. Perhaps we even wrote the story before we got here. So, you know, it's, you know, listen, you know, tune into yourself because we are all uh, creators and, you know, really we have the answers within. And, um, and so, you know, just starting on that level of our discussion and, you know, really where it's, it's radically transformed my life um, clearly with the loss and, just the whole learning process of going through um, with just a different, different perception of life, you know, uh, and it, you know, grief touches on grief and loss on loss. And, you know, so you, you have to watch that because there is a lot of grief in this plane of existence. Right. And, um, but it also makes our, our spirit pop and um, really has opened my heart to all kinds of possibilities. So, you know, on that level, I, I, I remain super hopeful, um, and, um, you know, really, really connected in, um, kind of that, you know, the old Chinese saying is you are in the universe and the universe is in you. And, um, really even arrived at like, we are the universe and the universe is us. And so it's, you know, on a metaphysical level, you know, that I can go out there now and it's really allowed me or given me permission to just speak that stuff out loud. And, you know, if it helps one person, then that's what it was meant to do. Um, you know, I know that that discussion in, in my heart, that that's where I want to reside. So I'm going to, uh, you know, I'll talk like that throughout our, our discussion today. Um, and then on this prions, right, it can freak you out. You know, um, you hear this infectious prion and maybe never even heard of them before. And they're, they're like indestructible. So they don't, they're not like other proteins in our bodies. Um, and, you know, roots, we don't have a great understanding on it, you know, because if my feelings are, if it was an infectious agent, there were in 19, in the mid eighties, for those old enough to remember, um, there were 3 million pounds of tainted beef released through Europe of these cows had mad cow syndrome. And so that means they had active prionic activities, proteins in their, in their meat, in their bodies. And um, if it was an infectious agent, there would have been a huge spike of Creutzfeldt Jacob disease throughout all of Europe because it was three million pounds. Now, it got recalled, but that did get released and people ate it. There was a small, small uptick, very small in England in particular, um, and a smattering of cases throughout Europe. But so if it was truly an, an infectious or acted like that, I, I really suspect that we would have seen a, a bigger, much larger uptick and spike. Now, some counterbalance that saying, well, it's kind of like a ticking time bomb and waiting for activation. These prions were released and now they're out in the population and, and perhaps there's stressors, you know, answering your, your question, well, is there a genetic platform? Perhaps there is a genetic platform that makes certain individuals more susceptible. Um, I got into really exploring, um, trauma's role in activation of ge genetic expression, even going into ancestral traumas, you know, of what happened in the lineage. So the family constellation work like you all do there at Sophia, um, I think is a really important piece to bring into the discussion for folks of really, you know, healing all levels of being from, 
you know, ancestral lineages. Um, I've gone so far in my daily practices, you know, to, to get into conversation with my ancestors, but, you know, let them know, like I'm putting down the family traumas and burden. I, I welcome the, the intuition and the inspiration and the love and support. And, you know, when you think about it, ultimately that is what, what is meant to come from the past is that aspect, but somehow we brought the traumas and the, and the, um, those negative expressions forward. So, you know, I think consciously putting those things down and, um, you know, kind of putting an end to that Mm -hmm. lineage, you know, uh, so that, that might play a role in the activation of this prion. So that's kind of where I got to with my wife, Soraya was, you know, we started with, you know, what it looked like was, um, you know, kind of early onset memory loss, you know, she'd been, she was a certified nurse midwife, just power being on the planet. And, you know, gyne, she had a whole um, gynecology women centric practice here at Nature Cures. And, you know, it was like never in my years of practice heard, you know, women coming out of the gyne room, you know, singing, dancing, laughing, doing jigs in the lobby. You know, it was like, wow, what a gift Soraya had for, you know, for all of these women. And, um, you know, so we sharp as attack, but all of a sudden, you know, it's like, we're staying later. And I, you know, it's like, we usually leave five thirty six. now it's seven o'clock and she's meticulously charting. And I'm like, you know, honey, what's going on with this? And she just got into, um, you know, it was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm charting and, you know, I'm making great notes. I was like, okay, great. But for five years, you've never done this before. So, you know, it was like a rapidly progressing dementia. And in within one month time, she was totally gone. So that's how quickly these prions can act. Right. Uh, and they mimic, uh, you know, it could mimic, you know, perimenopause or, um, you know, I was thinking maybe mold toxicity, you know, more of these common, more common problems or causes of memory loss. Um, and then you start getting into these more ominous, uh, discussions and, um, you know, more uncurable conditions down the road. And that's, you know, ultimately where we found ourselves. So the prions being infectious, I mean, you know, you would look at it, I've lived with it for, you know, 18 months, this, you know, her with this entity and my kids too. And, you know, uh, all of us are, I, I didn't, you know, of course it could freak you out. I was freaked out for a quick moment. And I was like, you know what, we're just going to surround her in love. We're going to go about our business. Like these things are everywhere. So once you just come to that conclusion, it's like, yep. Okay. I'm surrendering to that as well. Um, you know, choosing not to live in fear, but in love. Uh, and you know, sometimes it's easier said than done, but definitely necessary path to walk. Um, especially as you're, you know, my loved one has this condition where it's like, everybody's saying, well, that's infectious prionic activity is like, well, okay, well, it's all over me and it's all over the house. It's the kids, you know, it's everywhere now. And my research shows, you know, these are just archaic protein structures and, and really the thought process is, well, maybe they're trying to, you know, save the individual or protect the being from some other thing, you know, in that naturopathic principle of the body is healing itself. Just sometimes those symptoms are, are, um, you know, causing a lot of issues and such as, you know, brain degradation. Um, so, um, you know, I don't know. I think I answered the prion question on where do they come from? There is a genetic aspect 
Um, and, you know, the study of prions right now, Case Western out of Ohio is the prionic surveillance center of North America. And um, talking with the, the docs there, they have maybe 25 people in a surveillance study through time, which meant they just did some telemedicine. And then what they offered at the end of the study was a free brain biopsy um, to confirm the diagnosis of Critzville Jacob. Mm-hmm. So, um, which is, you know, just miserable spot to be in. Um, and you know, we, I, you know, we definitely, we got the definitive diagnosis of Kurtzville Jacob, um, but it wasn't genetic and it wasn't the variant form. So there is a variant form of, um, CJD or prionic activity, um, which could be, you know, caught or a contagion or eat eaten tainted meat. Now, the interesting component of that, Soraya was a vegetarian for 26 of her, you know, 43 years on the planet. And, you know, when she was younger, she lived in Kansas. So it wasn't really like a big exposure route there. So, you know, it's hard. I think really what happens with these things is that they get activated and you look at unresolved traumas, you know, oh, the third thing on the differential that I had originally, right? So it was hormone imbalance, uh, mold, uh, toxicity or, um, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, activated to cause memory loss, right? Cause those are kind of up there for, um, a younger woman with memory loss. Like these are the things that I'm, I'm looking at. Um, and it wasn't any of those. So, but the, that PTSD or trauma component possibly, you know, activation from some stressors and, um, you know, maybe, you know, I think that definitely that trauma link to inflammation and, uh, chronic illness is, you know, oftentimes not talked about at all, uh, you know, except for if you come to our practices, right. Um, because we're seeing that right with so many patients over and over and over again. And really, you know, what I like to say is treating whole dynamic heart centered beings moving through time and space rather than the pieces and parts or the end pieces of a condition. Mm -hmm. No, I love that statement you just made. And, you know, I think these are big, you know, these are big, um, you know, perspectives that many of the listeners might already be on board with, but some, this might be a new thought that, you know, it's not just about our genetics or not just about being infected by whether it's a prion or a spirochete or a, a viral and, you know, chronic viral or retroviral infection. There's this whole complexity to our beings of what makes us vulnerable to actually become, you know, symptomatic or have these, um, you know, pathologies. And, you know, the way that I've been trained to look at, you know, life and, you know, I, my patients have taught me this and your, you know, your, your whole experience of course has taught you this is too, is that, you know, there are these, um, complexities just like genetic susceptibilities or SNPs, there could be not only trauma within our present life or, but these unresolved traumas in our family lineage that we can, you know, be called to, um, become aware of a pattern or break a pattern through our own experience. And so I think it's just a, you know, a way more profound way to live life, right? Then we're not just um, these, you know, random biochemical interactions, but this, you know, complex being with not only, you know, our biochemical nature, but this whole biophysical nature and metaphysical nature as well. So I appreciate you saying this and, you know, bringing this all 
you know, out into our awareness today. And so, you know, you have your personal story, Greg, and, you know, um, obviously, you know, the work that you uncovered and learned, and then you kind of bridge this gap into really um, writing a book about Parkinson's and, you know, putting all of what you've learned, um, you know, in this, you know, in this book. And so you call it a fancy approach to Parkinson's and it's F-A-N hyphen C. And so what does that acronym stand for? Sure. Uh, it, F is for functional. So it's that functional medicine approach, integrative Chinese medicine, naturopathic approach, treating whole dynamic beings. So, you know, not just end pieces. So when you look at in the Parkinson's realm, um, you know, everybody's focused on uh, dopamine and dopaminergic receptors, right? And we've known about Parkinson's for 250 years, and there has been no medical breakthroughs. Um, perhaps it's not the dopamine receptors or the dopam dopaminergic component that is the issue. Like that's an end stage, like very late uh, process of the condition. And so, you know, what this F stands for really starting with that in the fancy approach is – you know, really stepping back and taking that meta-analysis and looking at the whole person and addressing and assessing on all of these different levels for healing and health. So that's really where the F comes from. Um, the A is on assessment. You know, I um, have a big neurology background, have had since 2001 starting this clinic here. And, you know, the patients that I see and just can go into conventional land, they got, they're just, they're, they're tired. They're like, you know, I go once a year to my neurologist, I get the battery of tests. They don't really tell me what's going on. Then I ask them and they tell me I'm getting worse. And I say, doc, I could have told you that before coming in here, I was getting worse. So, you know, it's like the assessment, again, perhaps we're not looking at the correct thing. So, and this is big, I know in your practice, the heavy metal burden on the body, especially dealing with neurodegenerative conditions, right? We store toxins in our fat. We could call each other fat heads, right? Our, our brains are made up of fat and we store our toxins there. Um, and I learned this um, early on, uh, you know, Dr. Perlmutter released a YouTube video of a glutathione push maybe, you know, 11, 12 years ago of a gentleman with Parkinson's, uh, you know, with the cogwheel rigidity and the pill rolling activity of the hands and kind of that stiff stutter step and did a two gram push of glutathione. And, you know, it was like miraculous cure. This gentleman's gait became elongated and smooth and strong and steady. It was like, wow, that is that's pretty miraculous. And, you know, at the time I've been doing IV therapy since 2001 and I was doing glutathione. So I just upped the dose of glutathione that I was using with my patients with the Parkinson's diagnosis and was like, darn it, crickets. Like it's not working for me. What is this? Like, what am I doing wrong? And, you know, you kind of remember back to environmental medicine and, you know, the NHANES data of, um, which is the North American database of, you know, toxicity of individuals living in North America. And, you know, we all have heavy metals in our bodies. And um, I put it two and two together and it's like, wait a minute, I got I to gotta check for heavy metals. And 
you know, really came up with four predominant with in the neurodegenerative state was cadmium, mercury, arsenic, and lead. Um, you know, of course, there's the other one, gadolinium and other things like that that we're seeing a little bit more of now from imaging, I think. But but those four in particular, um, you know, they got to be ruled in and ruled out for everybody with a chronic neurodegenerative disease. And, you know, what I discovered, you know, a couple patients early on, they had either mercury or lead, cadmium, um, levels, we'd get those out and then do, uh, you know, multivitamin minerals and IV glutathione. And, you know, wow, it worked so much better, so much better that, you know, their tremors halted, uh, stabilized, reversed, uh, you know, it was pretty, you know, it's like, wow, that was very beneficial. Now, I'm not going to say everybody with chronic neurodegeneration has heavy metal burden, but you definitely have to rule it in or rule it out. So that's one big area on the assessment. Um, the other one is on molecular mimicry with viruses. So, you know, I love typing in molecular mimicry and a condition into PubMed and and seeing, well, what, what kind of research has been done out there. And what I found with Parkinson's in particular was cytomegalovirus, herpes simplex virus, Epstein-Barr virus. So, you know, I'm running titers on these viruses. Um, you know, they're definitely interlinked. And I know you educate a lot about that as well in your practice. Um, but, you know, looking at that, the conventional docs are not looking at anything other than, okay, you have Parkinson's, you're going to respond to carbidopa, levodopa, and, um, and then that's not going to work anymore. And then you're kind of stuck, right? So it, this could offer a whole nother route of treatment for folks with Parkinson's. So looking at ca- chronic viral panels um, and then hormone balancing, right? You know, hormones are a big player. They play a role here um, with our stress hormones and uh, sex hormones. So estrogen, progesterone for uh, women and testosterone for men predominantly. We all have all of those hormones, but, you know, predominantly stacked one way or the other, depending on gender. Um, so we want to really balance out hormones. Hormones. So we got to assess that. Um, and then the fourth area really that I'm looking at is on the microbiome and the explosion of data coming out. And we know the gut is the second brain. So really getting a sense as to what's going on in the gut. Um, you know, just some fascinating research on certain uh, probiotics that are secreting the different neurotransmitters for our brain. So there may be a linkage to um, glyphosate toxicity uh, or Roundup toxicity and wiping out certain species of, uh, pro- of bi- uh, our bacterium in our guts that then causes us to have these neurodegenerative conditions. Uh, you know, that that verdict is still out. But, you know, we look at reducing the overall body burden to allow the innate healing ability of the body to come back online. Um, so the assessment, the A, is so important there. And Chris, yeah. before you move on, just in case people are, you know, thinking about these things and whether they apply to them, um, do you have a preferred way that you're looking at heavy metal toxicity, a preferred test, um, urine provocation? Or are you looking at blood versus? I do urine. I So, yeah, great question. So I, I do urine provocation. Um, I don't find hair analysis to be accurate because of genetic uh, deficiencies and people aren't able to secrete all the time through their hair. Um Blood is really around acute exposure. Uh, and then so and urine is really the best way of a pre-test and a post-test uh, with a chelating agent and um, collection and comparison there. Uh, yeah, on that metal burden. 
Great. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we, um, you know, have found to be really helpful as well. And then, you know, when we're looking at viral titers, um, maybe just a few thoughts, because I'm sure people who are looking at this um, might get conflicting information from their, you know, functional naturopathic doctor versus a conventional do uh, doctor at looking at titers of IgM versus IgG. And, you know, we kind of look, even if the IgM is negative and the IgG is positive, but kind of the degree that it's positive, there's this kind of viral load and this, um, the immune system is invested in creating all these yes. antibodies. So just, um, I'm sure you have a similar thought, but I just want to, um, you know, for you to maybe touch on that so people can become educated about how to oh, yeah. viral titers. Yeah. Cause there is, you know, they, they will change through time as well, but, and this is not like, you're not outwardly, um, expressed at a high level viral load. So your white blood cell count isn't going up. Um, so the white blood cell count actually could be low for a lot of these individuals, um, which is your, you know, total immune system function there. But these antibodies definitely can, um, you know, there are relative, uh, relative levels that we're looking at again, to look at like distraction of your innate immune system. And, and then as that immune system gets activated in this chronic low grade nature, it's such a distraction to your vitality and, and creates all kinds of offshoots throughout the body. So, you know, I look at it very similarly to you all do as well, uh, you know, on that IgG and, um, it, you know, you look at IgM, IgG titers and, um, you know, looking at the relative perspective. For instance, I just had a patient come in with um, Parkinson's and I worked her up and she had a very high titer of IgG of Epstein-Barr virus, um, white blood cell count totally within the reference range mm -hmm. and also a major um, lead bur body burden at that moment in time. So that in her connective tissue, what we pulled out via IV chelation um, as a challenge test. So, you know, like her coming in before she had no options or no paths to go down. And now it's like, oh, this opened up two really, really uh, robust areas that we can go after, um, you know, putting the, getting rid of the virus, getting her immune system to function at an optimal level. And then also getting the proverbial lead out and and cleaning up that um, from her connective tissue and possibly out of her bone. You know, you don't know until you go through a, a round or two of chelation to to really get a sense as to what else is there. Um, I learned that the hard way um, after the first round of a, a, a chelation series and did a follow-up test and their levels were higher. Um, I failed to mention to the patient like that could happen. They were very upset with me. Um, so I never did that again. <laughs> I know it's this kind of whole nonlinear way to look at metal testing and that, you know, metals can come out in waves. And especially as you get, you know, the treatment going, you know, the body can release more. And so you're actually making progress if, if, if it goes up, but you know, that's against, you know, kind of conventional thought. Um, well, thanks for going over that. And then we have N, right? In the acronym. Yes. What does N stand for? N is for nerve health. So we give specific nutrients um, specifically to the patient. So, you know, not everybody gets the same thing, but in my book, I, I have a whole milieu of possibilities. And my caution in the book and now over the airwaves is um, don't run out and take all of these things all at once because, you know, I call that the shotgun approach. And I really, I'm a Chinese medicine practitioner at heart as well as naturopathic physician. And, 
it's called the Zheng of the formula or direction. So there's an emperor, empress, and then generals and assistants. And everybody lines up to move the vital force, help encourage the body's healing ability in a certain direction. And then you can get a different set of remedies or support system in once you get to that assessment point. But, you know, so in broad brushstrokes here, um, in light of time with you, you know, the biggies, I mean, we know about B12 for nerve health, uh, B vitamins, um, glutathione is in here. Um, a big plug for the endocannabinoid system and cannabidiols here. Um, you know, when I went to medical school, we didn't even know about the endocannabinoid system. Um, Professor Machulam out of Israel, who um, uncovered this magnificent network, um, is one of my personal heroes. Um, you know, of even naming the um, molecules. And, you know, what we've discovered is we have more receptors for cannabidiol in the central nervous system than all of the other receptors for neurotransmitters put together. So, you know, it's like, wow. Um, so I do use um, cannabidiol, CBD oil with patients um, all the way through, uh, you know, I developed a, a DMSO uh, anhydrous chloride, HOCL nasal spray, um, to help, um, you know, clear proteins out of the brain. Um, so there are a lot of different nerve nutrients. I have a brain health smoothie that we put together so that people could just do this as a preventative as well. Um, you know, on a daily basis, just kind of, uh, with chlorella and some other natural chelating agents, but also brain, um, brain tonic superfoods in there. Um, so, you know, there, there are a lot of nutrients for, um, for nerve health there. Alpha lipoic acid um, is another big player there too. Mm -hmm. Do you include some things that um, help to increase um, BDNF or brain-derived neurotrophic factors? Yeah. It's getting a lot of press these days. So just Yeah, the nootropics, love it. Love the mushroom complexes and um, you know, really what I, I've, I've discovered there's about five or six patterns in a Chinese medicine fashion that, you know, will prescribe directly to what's going on with somebody's pulse. Um, and there, a lot of the mushroom complexes are in those formulas. Yeah. I have both, you know, um, assessment tools so you can wear your naturopathic hat and then all the yes. other, you know, ancient, you know, wisdom from Chinese medicine to assess the body. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And on that, um, you know, on that front, I mean, I think there's some really exciting stuff going on with the research with, um, you know, uh, low dose psychedelics. And I'm excited for that stuff to really get opened up for folks because it really does seem, you know, if you're talking about rewiring the brain, um, that that'll be a really um, I'm actually looking to get set up as a research center down here. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Maps, yeah. yeah, yeah, and if someone doesn't know what maps is, can you just touch on that? No, it's the um, gosh, what does that stand for? It's like psychedelic um, science. So it's uh, do you know what the acronym is? I can, I can Google it right now. Okay, <laughs> great. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know what I'm. I still have no, no, no worries. I know these are multidisciplinary association for psychedelic studies. So these, this is an organization where people can you know, learn and also become a center to use low doses of, um, you know, mushroom extracts to LSD to you have it to help 
uh, rewire the brain as well through uh, go through trauma trauma work. This can be another way for people to heal trauma work. So know that that will be real fascinating to see where your research and how you can uh, support patients where that can. Uh, totally. Um, and, and then a big one in this nerve health too. We we've put in um, the hyperbaric chambers as well. Yeah, and just getting that extra oxygen and then also laser therapies, the pulsed electromagnetic frequency and low-level laser therapy too. There's a ton of research coming out of Europe on those. Um, there's some great PubMed articles on low-level laser and Parkinson's actually. Um, so that, you know, those are, we call, we put that in the nerve health um, front. Uh that's yeah. great. And I, um, not to go on too much of a side with hyperbaric, I mean, do you see in your um, just kind of assessment of um, people who come to you, is there also an association with head injuries or head trauma and developing these neurological diseases later in life? You know, I, I haven't seen that direct correlation. I'm, of course, there is a subset of folks that have had that. Um, there was, there is a, another, uh, there's an acupuncturist out of California that has a theory on um, earlier childhood traumas, physical traumas on the body that were unresolved in the connective tissue um, leading towards um, the Parkinson's diagnosis. Um, and actually, as I start to ask my patients, those specific questions, that one seems to be a little bit more universal rather than just a head trauma. So it could be actually trauma anywhere on the body. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, and then Greg, we have C still. So what does C stand for? Yeah, the C. So it's dash C and this is cellular regeneration. And this is the, this is the one that in a million years, I'd never think I'd be talking to you about, which is, uh, regenerative medicine and stem cell therapy, exosomes, uh, you know, the anti-inflammatory cytokines, uh, growth hormone factors that come in, um, you know, kind of in these um, products that we can get now and use with our patients. So it's um, that regeneration um, medicine, regenerative medicine in our lifetime. It's it's pretty phenomenal. And, you know, this one, you know, I, I really arrived at, um, I got in on the research on it, uh, you know, kind of tipped off from, you know, two years ago, uh, some research at the International Neonatal Stem Cell Conference came out in Miami. Um, I've got friends that go to all of these conferences. You know, we've got the affiliated network of folks really on the front lines looking for solutions for our patients and the people of the planet. And, um, you know, some research came out of Europe on uh, neonatal uh, stroke victims. So these are babies in utero having stroke. Um, in mom's belly. So they're coming out developmentally disabled and short-lived, short life, not great quality of life. And uh, I believe it's Dr. Frey out of University of Minnesota was doing some research and um, used the placenta tissue, which is rich in uh, mesenchymal stem cells and the exosomes and these anti-inflammatory cytokines and developed an intranasal procedure for these babes and they're, um, they're coming, uh, they're developing normally. Um, so it was like, wow, that is these mesenchymal stem cells can differentiate into nerve cells, um, in the brain. 
And so I was like, you know, I, I want to learn this, at least for my wife with this uncurable condition. So we look at it. We, we do a lot of things to support our own body stem cells with the acupuncture and the hyperbarics and proper nutrition that way. And we see if we can boost um, stem cell production internally in the body and and get those circulating throughout the body to help the body heal itself. So, you know, that really, I got in on the research was like, wow, there is a mountain of research showing this is safe. Uh, it can be potentially beneficial. I mean, we don't have these large, you know, trials and we need those studies. I'm excited for that research to come in. Um, but I think the, um, the possibility, one, we know it's totally safe and it's it's actually showing some very good promise clinically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm really excited too. Um, you know, our eyes and ears are really open to you know the latest advancements in you know regenerative medicine, and it's this combination of approach, right? The um, looking at everything you just shared plus the regenerative you know aspect. I think that really allows people the most um, opportunity for the regenerative medicine. Um, to be beneficial, to, you know, uh, deal with the immune system and decrease the toxicity in the body. But um, no, I think this is just um, a really exciting, you know, wave um, of possibility and potential, especially if you're struggling out there with a neurodegenerative or any degenerative chronic illness. So it's exciting. Um, So you cover all of these amazing topics. And then I think you also, we were talking a little bit offline about some other things you bring into your book about, um, you know, looking at the, you know, we talked about the constellation pieces, but also these concepts um, related to Qigong and the biofield. And can you just touch on that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, on that, in that functional uh, framework that we practice in, you know, we got to address all of the levels of healing. And so definitely, you know, we touched on the constellation work, ancestral trauma, current trauma, past trauma. But then I also have incorporated into the book, there's some exercises. I um, study medical Qigong. Uh, It's a Jin Zhang school, which is the muscle tendons changing school of Qigong. Um, And I had the pleasure of studying with my uh, master teacher, Dr. Wong in China. um, And we even went up into Tibet. So we, um, we did a month long intensive as the beginning of my Chinese medicine, uh, program. So it was 1998 that I went over there and, um, been, have been doing Qigong ever since. Um, and I prescribe. So in the book, I've got, um, a horse stance and cloud hands for, um, incorporating right and left hemisphere of the brain. And it's great for balance. A lot of my patients are reporting back, you know, improvement in their balance and improvement in their stability um, on their gait and also just standing. So uh, I've got that in there. Um, it's, uh, you know, that's just the beginning. I'll have a kind of some video um, support for folks as well online if they if that resonates with them and, and you know, really uh, helps. You know, what, what I learned when I was in China, um, Dr. Wong, he was the um, Olympic diving uh physician for the Chinese Olympic team. And, you know, I was walking around Chengdu and Sichuan province, uh, with a celebrity, right? He's one of the three known lineage holders or recognized lineage holders by the Chinese government. And, uh, this kind of ancient, uh, 
tradition or lineage of this specific muscle tendon changing uh, qigong. Um, and so we, you know, I put that into practice. Um, the patients really resonate with it. Uh, Dr. Wong in China, he talked about um, treating paraplegics and those with spinal cord injuries of, and we know now with um, new, you know, neural research is the visualization in the brain is very, it lights up the same areas as if you were actually doing the behavior. Um, so, you know, you, we get this in sports psychology and, you know, they're looking at like visualizing the shot and, or piano playing and, you know, like thinking, you know, reading the music and it's lighting up those regions of the brain that actually, you know, you would be hearing it or you would be doing it. And so by just visualizing it, so this even works for folks, you know, with ALS and wheelchairs and, and lose their ability, motor function. These are great things that they can actually watch video on and, you know, incorporate in their mind's eye of that movement and potentially bring back some functionality. Mm-hmm. I love that. And that's just so empowering, right? You know, to think yeah. about, um, you know, when you're faced with these illnesses and going through that, you know, obviously life can feel real small. Um, and so this is a really empowering way to, you know, um, it, it's just fascinating. The re- research just show how powerful our minds can be in the healing process. So yeah, yeah, no, very cool. Um, well, great. We've covered a lot and, you know, this has been a really informative conversation for myself and I'm so excited to share your book with our community and your work with our community. And I, I just can't thank you enough for sharing your story and I just really honor just everything you've gone through. And I just, um, love how you've refra- reframed this as Soraya's gifts. And I, you know, I absolutely want to um, share, you know, her message and the work that you're doing. And I, I just can't thank you enough for being on the podcast today. And um, how can people find out more about your work and, you know, where to find your book and all of that good stuff? Perfect. Thank you so much for having me on and sharing the message. And, you know, uh, we hope to help, you know, thousands of people with this. So uh, you can find out more naturecuresclinic.com. So it's nature singular cures with an S clinic.com. Uh, and on there, you know, I've got a guide for um, four early signs of cognitive decline. You can sign up on, for that. You'll get in on uh, announcement on the book, um, the book release, and then also uh, some online summit stuff that we've got coming up as well for brain uh, degeneration as well. Great. Well, thank you for that. And we'll put all of that information in the show notes and share that with our community. And I, again, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Dr. Greg Eckel. Please check out in the show notes where you can find more about him and his new book. I really think this is a fantastic book and a really wonderful and unique combination of strategies and information to combat Parkinson's, but not only Parkinson's, any really chronic neurodegenerative disease you are struggling from. I also want to mention that our summit is coming up, the Body Electric Summit that is airing October 7th through the 13th. Please check it out. I had so much fun creating the summit and I'm really excited to share all this wonderful knowledge with you. So thank you.